Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 239 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. We're going to talk today about mandatory hunter harvest reports. What are your guys' thoughts on these? Um, but before I begin, uh, on episode 237, um, I'm the one doing the editing, so when things go wrong, it's all on me. And when I edited the video, I uploaded the wrong one, so it came out like garbage. So I have re-edited number 237, reposted. And so if you made comments on that video, I'm sorry they got uh, deleted, but I messed up. Also, if you're making comments uh, I'm going to get back to you, but I work multiple jobs and do this on the side. So it takes me a day or two to get back to you on comments. So I apologize if I am not that quick at getting back to you. Okay. Harvest, Hunter Harvest Reports, mandatory reporting. Now I come from this uh, in a little different background. The state of Utah, where I grew up, didn't have mandatory hunter harvest reports. They have check stations. They're not mandatory. You stop. They don't put them everywhere. Uh, and so if you harvest an animal, some areas they may be checking, some they not. Uh, they are not. Then you get a phone call in which you can fill out some information. I've done some for uh, waterfowl as well. Uh, they, at the end of every year, they would call and ask whether I harvested anything or whatnot. Um, so I'm, I've have mixed, like, uh, when I've been involved in the process, I haven't had a mandatory reporting requirement yet. When I think of, uh, reporting, I'm drawn to a situation that I see all too often, and I guess I just don't fully understand, and you guys maybe can help clarify. When I, I worked up in Alaska in the early 2000s, and my family still has businesses up there, so I routinely go up to Alaska every year or every other year or so often. And when I'm standing on the docks after I'm done fishing, we come in and there is a little gal or a, or a guy there standing there and they've got their little clipboard and they're asking whether we caught anything and they want to know what species. And they're doing their harvest reports to see what species people are pulling in, how many they caught. They're also taking data to see how many uh, hours we fished and they calculate this to help them understand better how salmon, uh, halibut, and cod, and all the different fish are doing. And they can run these through their models, and it gives them better understanding of how populations are doing. And when they are asking me, I am giving them all the information possible. What I don't get, though, is the hostility that I see towards some of these kids. Um, oftentimes, they're girls that are, are taking these reports. And what I don't understand is the hostility I see towards these ladies as they're writing things down, uh, boat captains, charter boat captains are coming off and they are yelling at these girls, telling them to go away and to leave them alone. And they're cussing them out. And I guess I just don't understand. Also, what I don't understand is the hesitancy people have when they come into these check stations. Utah isn't mandatory yet. They're looking at doing that. But often people, the challenge with the data that you get in these check stations is people often lie about their locations. I think they think that people are writing this down and then they are selling a list 
of where people are hunting for deer. They think that uh, the state is going to post this list of all the locations, and that's just not what's happening. And so oftentimes, anyways, people are just lying about the data, where they got this animal. What they're trying to do, some of these, uh, by providing location, is to give a, a habitat assessment. If you have really fat deer in an area and people are giving you correct data, you'll be able to look at that habitat and say, okay, what do we have here? We have water, we have good grazing. And and then if people have really fat deer and they're giving a different location and they're lying about their location, the challenge then becomes, how do you assess whether the habitat is good or not? And so there's challenges with some of these. And I guess I just don't understand. Um, probably because I'm coming from a wildlife management background and I understand the direction that the data is going, but I guess I don't understand the hesitancy to provide it. Let me give you a little background on what uh, these hunter harvest surveys are for. Oftentimes, uh, depending on the state, they're going to vary. Some are going to have uh, rotating ones where they are just trying to gather data from a certain unit, a certain area. Others, you have to bring your deer in or bear or whatever it is and get it checked. Uh, sometimes you can do it online or others you can do by physical forms or telephone it in. The reports, usually they're looking for the number of animals taken, the sex, the age, the species of the animal, uh, and then often location where it was harvested. What this does is this helps um, wildlife agencies gather all the population data and it's all for management purposes. There's multiple things that they're looking into, uh, trying to understand and assess animal populations health as well as its status. Many of these systems will include hunters' experiences, their success rates, their locations, and how they feel about the overall. Hunter satisfaction is a big one they're looking for. Oftentimes, it's between like a, a one and a five scale rating where uh, three is neither happy or sad, two is this wasn't the greatest, or five, this was the best ever. I, I often find that uh threes are typical fives are if you harvest one uh is if you didn't harvest they help though these uh hunter harvest hunter harvest surveys help in establishing hunting seasons and they also help when uh if you have a quota system on animals it's important like cougars or bears but it also starts to help you understand uh, the habitat that they are living in. It helps make better habitat decisions and looking at the overall protection of a species. Because what they're doing is they're taking all the fat data, they're taking the health of the animal, they're looking at all the disease and the parasites. If you're actually bringing in a physical animal and then they're trying to gauge overall how this unit is doing and what decisions need to be made. It's a big challenge for the wildlife manager to tease out the different things that they're looking for in the data, especially if it's um, citizen science, because sometimes, again, the, the information's not accurate. People aren't providing some of the information. And so they are looking for 
oftentimes in these surveys, they're actually looking for certain things that they find important for that area. One being if you have CWD in a unit that is lower or near uh, the unit that they are looking for is they're looking for the spread of disease. Is CWD moving into another unit? Are they having an outbreak? Is blue tongue bouncing around from different units? And they can start to track. They can also look at overall decline in habitat. Do we have too many mouths to feed? Are we grazing too much? Do we have too many deer? Not enough deer, not enough elk. And they're going to look at that fat data and see and compare it to the winter and how the winter looked last year as well as the spring. And they're taking all this information, compiling it so they can make the best recommendations possible. By gaining all this data, they're able to make better informed decisions about how populations are doing. Now, all models are incorrect, and biologists and wildlife managers, researchers will tell you that all, all models are incorrect. Some of the reasons that the models are incorrect is they may not have enough data. Two, they may be introducing bad data whether somebody's giving bad location or somebody enters in something wrong. And so you're just looking at the data and trying to see which one fits the best based upon what you're seeing. All this data is, helps ensure that the population is going to continue to um, your your conservation efforts on this population is going to allow them to continue to grow or the if you've reached a population level that you want where your estimates put you about you know right where you want so if you have a population of 3500 animals in that area and you can start looking at the data you say okay our population's at 3500 now you take this hunter harvest survey and you start to see, because you're going to be doing it for cows, you're also going to be doing it for bulls, does, bucks. You're going to be able to look at both sexes and say, okay, now our population objective is where we want it. Now how are they doing? Okay, the bucks look okay, uh, but the does themselves are coming in a little light. What what are the some of the issues that we are seeing there? So you're making better decisions for your conservation efforts. And then it can also adjust uh, some of your hunting practices. So if you're bringing your bucks in and you are managing uh, for a four and a half to five-year-old buck, but all of your bucks are coming in older or younger, then you're gonna wanna change some of your decisions. Uh, the state of Utah in an area this winter had a lot of bull elk mortality. But while they were doing their studies on these bull elk to figure out why they died, we had a rough winter and they all starved to death. They were noticing that a lot of these bulls were pushing on the age limit. They were in past that prime. They were seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And so what they can start doing is, well, that's way past the age group. Now we need to start harvesting more bulls. The challenge in that area is it's private. And so how do you push that? But all this data, again, helps you make better uh, decisions on how to manage uh, a population. Here's the cons. This is what I came up with. And you guys can tell me whether this is true or not, because so far it hasn't been mandatory for me, but it may be. 
Number one con is it's just another thing that states are asking hunters to do. It's a burden. Uh, and some states are putting a requirement. If you don't fill out this survey, then you can't hunt next year. And so it's just another thing states are making them do. They're adding more cost to the tag. There's more laws against what they can and can't use while hunting. And now they have to, they are required to turn in a survey. I think that's the biggest one. There is a little bit, and I talked about this earlier, and I guess I don't understand. The con is there's some reluctance, resistance uh, for hunters to give the most accurate, up-to-date information. I think oftentimes they believe that the divisions, uh, the wildlife agencies will give away their data to the highest bidder. And so where they harvested that great uh, three-point buck or that six-point buck, depending on where you live within the country, uh, is now going to be sold to the highest bidder. And that's not true in the in what I've seen. Uh, the challenge with uh, citizen science reporting is that it may not be the best or the most accurate. Uh, they may give you general locations because they don't specifically know where they harvested it. Uh, they may count points or tines differently. And so you start to get a little bit of bad data because just each person has their own way of interpreting how these surveys are filled out. There's also technical difficulties or challenges with reporting online. Um, Maybe somebody was reporting, thought they submitted. Maybe they didn't submit. Maybe they didn't get with, get it in at the required time. And so they're bringing in their data late. So there's all these things that can arise there. And then I, it goes back to there's a burden, but also a privacy concern. People don't like giving out information to governments, no matter whether it may be helpful to uh, the populations in general or not. I think that's the biggest issue that I see in Alaska on the docks is these captains don't like, I think the captains feel like they are being tracked. If they are going to an area and they put down that they fished in this area, I think they feel like the government is watching them so they can go out and find them or ticket them. And I think there's a real privacy concern that people have. Oftentimes they will say, uh, we're not going to report this or whatever. And then they feel that that's just not true. So the more data, the better wildlife management is, but it's a challenge. And I do understand that. Uh, the better data you provide for wildlife agencies, the better product, the better animals you're going to get. And so I would recommend working with your wildlife agencies, understanding, asking questions too, when you're in these check stations, uh, what are they using it for? What's this going to tell you? How's this going to help this area? And biologists oftentimes are happy to provide that information. All right, you guys have a great day. Stay wild.